Hello everyone, Sam here with a very, very late episode of That Was Genius. But we've got a bit of news. If you follow us on social media, you'll probably already know that I became a dad on the 6th of August. Couldn't be happier, absolutely thrilled, but it has put a bit of a spanner in the works for the old history podcast. Unfortunately, little Phoebe is only two weeks old and so isn't very good at analysing sources yet. Uh, we'll train her up, but in the meantime, uh, we're running a little bit behind. So what we're doing this week is giving you what was episode 78 on pictures, an exclusive patron episode. We've made that public and we've refunded our patrons for the month of August since basically we're going to take the whole thing off so I can get used to being a dad. So enjoy this episode in the meantime and I promise we will be back very, very soon. All the best and I hope you're having a fantastic summer. Bye now. Stung by bloody wasp two days ago. God, does it sting. Really? Oh, it's itchy. I just want to scratch the, my arm to death. Urgh. Just want to rip it raw with my claws. That sounds so masculine. <laughs> Does it? I mean, it sounds much worse than a wasp sting. I think it sounds very wussy. <laughs> oh, no, I was going to say, yeah, it makes, you make it sound much worse than a, <laughs> than a wasp sting. It was worth it because I've managed to cut a root through some undergrowth to a massive, massive bramble. I don't know whose land it is, but um, I'm basically going to nick all their blackberries. Nice. And there's a lot of them. It's like The Great Escape, but with blackberry theft. With grand fruit larceny. A scrumpy version. Yes. Just pinching blackberries. Yeah, I, I think it's acceptable, isn't it? It's socially acceptable to pick blackberries from a public place. iPhones, less acceptable. Yeah. But higher resale value. And by blackberries, you mean cash. And yeah, taking people's blackberries. No, by blackberries, I just mean blackberry phones. Ah, <laughs> oh, so we did that. God, God they, they, do they still exist? Very good question. Yeah, crikey, that's a that's an old-fashioned phone, isn't it, eh? The old BlackBerry. Yeah, the old Riot Master 3000, yeah. I know you're trying really hard to make comedy gold out of this. It's just not happening, I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 right, should we do a podcast? <laughs> yes. I don't think any magic's suddenly going to emerge from this. <laughs> Hello and welcome to That Was Genius, the little history podcast in which... Thankfully, the history is fun, because we sure as fuck aren't. In which Tom... Hello. ...and Sam discuss history stories on a theme each week. We decide the theme the week in advance, but everything else that happens is a surprise. And what's our theme this week, Mr Tom? Uh, pictures. It is pictures. Pictures is the topic. Is this a patron only, or is this a public? This is a patron only. Patron only. Exclusive. Wow. It feels cosy. Yeah. Good. We've got a new patron, haven't we? We do. Hello, new patron. His name is... Just first name, just in case you get... Buffering. <laughs> Alistair. Alistair. Thank yes. you, Alistair. Yes, yes, yes. And also... What's his surname for editing out? <laughs> Purposes. T no, don't know him. <laughs> we'll bleep that. <laughs> We've also had a message from one of our patrons. Yay! Woohoo! No, no. Da, 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 da. We've actually we've had a couple, actually. Peter said he would like a refund. <laughs> <laughs> Peter can fuck right off. Brennan Hogg, yes, uh, one of our new patrons from a couple of weeks ago, has suggested either the Civil War or the Wild West, which uh, we, we will add to the list to do in a couple of weeks. Yeah, 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 we'll take those. And uh, Ashley Milner emailed to ask if we've done an episode about Daredevils, which we have. It's episode well, we can do it again. 59, Welcome to the Mile High Club, but there's no reason that we can't do that again at some point either. That was the name of the episode, by the way. It's a gold mine. 
Yes, we're not we're not suggesting that Ashley has recently had sex in a plane. No, I thought it was a bit weird. I mean, more power to you if you have. Well, you seem to know, which was a bit shocking. That's what I was worried about. Yeah, that was the second message. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, I thought I'd suggest the topic by way of celebration. I've got two tickets <laughs> to Glasgow. Oh, God. That's not a plane you want to have sex on. Or city you want to have sex in. Actually, that's not true. Glasgow's lovely. No. <laughs> so, yeah, the theme was pictures. Yeah, pictures. Yes. How did you find this one, Tom? Oh, I've just gone down a route that I, I very much like. So, oh, good. Well, I'm, I, maps. That's, that's good. Yeah, I'm going very Harry Potter, very Chronicles of Narnia, very Game of Thrones intro. Oh, good. Lots of about... fiction. Lots of fiction in this history podcast. No, 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 no. I'm talking the medieval maps. Oh, nice. Yeah, and all the stupid things that were depicted on them. Medieval maps. Yeah, fantastic stuff. Very what about nice. you? Do you know, I've, I, I'm sure I've said this in this podcast before, but I found an old map in the lining of a trunk I bought from an antique shop. You have not told me that before. I have not told you this. Was it, a, was it an African or Asian elephant? <laughs> Budum tush. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually a 67 Chevy Impala. <laughs> nice. It's a, it's a map of St. Petersburg from 1826. And apparently no. it's particularly rare because it's a travel pocket map. It's a foldable one. So it was designed to be thrown away and it survived. It got lost down the side of this uh, this old travel trunk. And uh, yeah. Wow. And how much did you get for it? I've got it. Uh, I've still got it framed on my wall. Excellent. That could be worth millions. I don't think it's worth millions, but I think it's prob- it's worth around £1,000. Get out of here. Sell yeah. it. Sell it. <laughs> think of all the train set you could buy for that. Sell think of all it. the podcast Sell promotion. It. Oh, think of that. Have you ever been to St. Petersburg with mm. that map? Is it accurate? Never with the map. Is it useful? No, it's not a very useful map. Are the restaurant recommendations accurate still? Unfortunately, being 1826, it only really shows off churches, and it's also in French, (sighs) which I don't speak. But, I mean, the river's still where it should be. You don't need to speak it. You need to be able to read it. Um, (laughs) The rivers are still where they should be. Okay, that's good. So so that hasn't changed. The Winter Palace is still there. Good if you go and boating in St. Petersburg. Excellent for sailing. (laughs) Uh, and yes, I have gone to St. Petersburg and I walked on the frozen river and got um, got whistled at by a policeman and I don't mean in a flirtatious way. I was about to say, hello. Is that because you were sort of wobbling all over the place and your hips I was, were in my, in my heels. shaking yes. left and right? Shimming. He clearly thought I was a, a Russian woman over the age of 30 with my giant beard. <laughs> uh, why, did, why did he wolf whistle you? Uh, because you're not supposed to walk on the river, apparently. That's for Jesus only. Oh, I can't remember. I, I didn't read that bit of the Bible where Jesus... Went on holiday to St. Petersburg on a stag do. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, you've been reading the wrong Bible. <laughs> the last bender. <laughs> <laughs> and on the third day, God woke and said, fuck me, what was I doing last night? <laughs> Where's Judas again? Wakes up in the bed next to him. <laughs> With a wink. Covered in <laughs> lipstick, yeah. <laughs> uh, very good, very good. Well, I've gone down, um, I've gone down a picture's route as is the title so i'm talking about some pictures today some fraudulent fake pictures was that a passive aggressive <laughs> insinuation that i haven't done the topic always every damn episode <laughs> yeah i'm surprised you haven't got the message yet a map is a picture drawn isn't it you hang out on the wall <laughs> I, it counts you've done well you've you've qualified you passed this week where were you we're we gonna decide who wants to go first this week um, I went first last week, I think, so should I give it to you? Go on then, that sounds like a treat. So, I'm going to talk about fairies today, Tom. Very nice. 
it, yeah. there's, a, there's a very fantasy theme this week, isn't there? There is. There is a fantasy theme this week, yes. Sadly, not uh, not fairies in the... I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> Scrap that bit out. In the washing up liquid sense. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, today I'm going to talk about one of the great early photographic hoaxes. It's a brilliant story for several reasons. Firstly, it convinced half the UK... And, and and many people outside the UK that fairies existed. Secondly, the they perpet- don't exist. Well, 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 spoiler alert. Sorry. Yeah. Oh. Tinkerbell just died. <laughs> just ru- ruined the illusion. <laughs> yeah. Puff of smoke, and I'm gone. <laughs> um, so, uh, so secondly, the perpetrators of this great hoax were two young girls who created the hoax because their parents told them off for playing outside for too long. <laughs> and thirdly, one of the people who fell for the story was one of the greatest crime writers who ever lived. Whoever. And who dedicated much of his career to writing and believing about this hoax. David Walliams. <laughs> Would we call him a crime writer? No, but he's the worst writer I could think of off the top of my head. <laughs> a, crimi- a criminal writer, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Surely that's whoever wrote Twilight. Uh, never read, never watched it or read it. I'm afraid. No, me neither. What's Thank the worst book? What's that? the biggest disappointment of a book you've ever read? That's a good question. It would have involved me reading a book. Um, <laughs> do you know what? I don't. I can't really remember what the worst book that I had high expectations for is. But the worst film adaptation of a good book is the film. The original film version of Catch Twenty Two is dreadful. I thought you were going to say Catch Twenty Two, which is funny because that was one of my biggest disappointments as a book. I found oh, I the love the book. Very boring. Ah, meandering. Well, it is meandering. Yes. Yeah. But I did. I did like the book. I, I love the book. But and the other one the I'm going to say. I also know you like, which is a, which is not deliberate, but Captain Corelli's Mandarins. Yes, you've complained about that in this podcast. I before. found it incredibly depressing. Yeah. yeah. But it, well, it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a slightly depressing book. Yeah, I suppose it is, isn't it? It's a, it's a Greco-Italian novel. It's. <laughs> mm. It's never going to have a cheerful ending. Fairies, anyway, yes. <laughs> you might have to help me along here. I'm a bit tired today. So the <laughs> so the Cottingley Fairies were created by... The two, Cottaging Fairies? The Cottaging Fairies. Said. That is not, not what you think that means. The Cottaging Fairies? <laughs> yes. Is it, are we going back to this episode on homosexual slang, Sam? <laughs> we did a well, few weeks yes, back. Well, yes, actually, yeah. They're both, uh, both Polari words, actually, aren't they? Yeah. Um, the Cottingley. Oh. Cottingley rather than cottaging. Okay, Cottingley fairies. Rather than two fairies in a cottage, yes. Yes, cottaging for our non-English listeners is... Uh, seeking out sex in public toilets. And there you go. Possibly through the means of a glory hole. <laughs> which, is a, mm. which is a hole cut in the wall of a toilet cubicle. Just big enough for your wanger. <laughs> Just big enough for yours. One of the screws clearly fell out. <laughs> Who installed this cat flap? It's too small. <laughs> Marvellous. Uh, so, yes, the Cottingley Fairies were created by two South African cousins living in Bradford in 1917. Hmm, South Africa to Bradford. Yeah. What a delightful transition. Elsie Wright was 16 and Francis Griffiths was nine years old. And they lived with Elsie's mother and loved to play in the stream and woods at the bottom of their garden, which made Elsie's mother furious, as they were forever coming home soaking wet and covered in mud. Covered in Poddington Peas. <laughs> covered in Poddington Peas. <laughs> what is that around your mouth? What have you, what have you been doing to those peas? <laughs> Little pea legs. <laughs> pea arms. 
Bit of, just a little bit of pea play. What's wrong, Mum? You've been murdering the Puddington peas again. I've told you. And again, for American audience, as per usual, <laughs> Puddington peas is a 1970s, 80s cartoon series about a group of peas who live in a Down garden. Down at the bottom of the, the garden, garden. Amongst, amongst the birds and the bees. bees. That was a topic that never got discussed. There's a lot of little people. Fucking boring to bees. There's Percy, Peter, Paul and Barry. <laughs> and Kevin the thief. <laughs> There's the local priest. I was going to say they're retired and make keys. <laughs> 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 the rough version of the Pollington Bees. There's psychologically unwell Judy. <laughs> and heroin addicted Pete. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> down, down at the bottom of your urban allotment yeah. in the, in the centre of some northern town. <laughs> there lies a little crack den. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Yes. Um... So yes, com- coming back every day, covered in uh, covered in mud and soaking wet. That's that's life in the north, though, isn't it? <laughs> so the, the cousins argued that they were only playing in the stream because they'd been invited to by the fairies that lived there, and to prove it, they <laughs> borrowed their dad's camera and came back half an hour later with a selection of photographic plates. When Elsie's dad Arthur developed these plates, he found several photos of the two girls holding or playing with fairies. Being a man with a stiff upper lip, he wrote them off as being just nothing more than cardboard cutouts. But a couple of months later, the girls tried again, returning with a photograph of Elsie sitting in the garden, shaking hands with a gnome around a foot tall. (laughs) Brilliant! And whichever way he looked at it, it stood up to scrutiny. There was Elsie in a photo, shaking hands with Danny DeVito. (laughs) (laughs) Rather than accept that woodland folk are real... You know, tree dwellers, smell like mushrooms, small hands. He got (laughs) (laughs) furious. Niche Austin Powers reference. (laughs) He got furious, convinced that the girls had somehow fiddled with his valuable camera by, I don't know, hiding a fucking gnome in it. (laughs) I'm looking at the pictures now online. Where is this gnome? I want the gnome. (laughs) Bring me my gnome. (laughs) Where is this picture of the gnome? The gnome is inside all of us, Tom. I don't say that's Priapus. Incredibly profound that was, Sam. I don't know why. I know. Yeah. It wasn't, but it was. And was yet wasn't. Elsie's mum, Polly, however, was totally sold on these photos because clearly she was a fucking idiot and took them to a meeting of the Theosophical Society in Bradford. Now, the Theosophical Society is a sort of quasi-religion claiming to be a bridge between philosophy and theology. And... They started in the kind of the latter quarter of the 19th century and believed that humankind progresses in great leaps of evolution. And like most churches, they believe that a great leap forward is just around the corner. Mm. (laughs) Maybe next week? No, maybe the week after? Maybe June 20th, 19th, flobbity flop. The world is definitely going to end and we'll ascend to the next level now. Let's all sell our shit and buy a camper van but insist that we're actually sceptics with very analytical views because we don't believe in vaccination. (laughs) Now, let's all kill lots of people to get hold of Jerusalem. Yep. Actually, the Theosophical Society still exists today, preaching the unity of all humankind under one united brotherhood. I say the society, there are actually several dozen competing societies (laughs) that still exist today, all separately preaching the unity of all humankind under one united brotherhood. (laughs) 
Just not those splitters. <laughs> and even if you were successful, that'd only be 50% of the world population. Because what about the sisterhood? Well, that's true. Fucking idiots. Yeah, sexist bastards. So, the talk in Bradford that night was all about fairy life. <laughs> Daily life as a fairy, trials and tribulations. <laughs> valid religion, Tom, valid religion. This was discussing fairies either as an independent species right. or as an evolutionary step on the human journey. A step up. A step up, yes. Right. Let's evolve to become a tiny person who relies on constant praise to survive. I believe in fairies. I believe in fairies. Could be Tinkerbell, Tom. Could be fucking Honey Boo Boo. That's quite... I mean, that is quite an evolutionary leap, isn't it? Yes, we're going to evolve to be six inches tall. And massive wings. (laughs) And live in the forest. Shoe houses and central heating in favour of living under a mushroom. Just think of how many hundreds of thousands of years it took us to evolve from Neanderthals. And um, this whole fairy leap... The work of mere moments, Tom. The work of mere moments. Thank you, Charles Darwin. You didn't warn us about that one, did you? You bastard. Anyway, the society was rightly stunned by this revelation, which proved clearly the existence of woodland folk and mythical creatures. And the photos, as a result, were displayed at the Theosophical AGM a few months later, where a photography expert declared that one of the pictures probably was a fake but that two were entirely real and unaltered. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We had the same problem with Victorian seances, didn't we? The moment you establish that one of them is probably fake, the rest are fake. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way someone is going to genuinely find fairies at the bottom of their garden, take a good photo of them and then think, oh, you know what this needs? It needs a third one. Yeah. <laughs> With a crap cardboard cutout. Two photos of fairies just isn't believable enough. The power of three is paramount. (laughs) Get on Google, print out a fairy. (laughs) Well, Tom, we'll come back to that. (laughs) Um, So, yes, the photography expert declared that one clearly was a fake. Perhaps the one with the gnome, who knows? But two were entirely (laughs) real and unaltered. He didn't specify that fairies existed, but he did state that in his professional opinion, the photos were real pictures taken of whatever was in front of the lens at the time. And in his defence, Tom, he wasn't wrong, because as you suggested, (laughs) just with a slightly Victorian twist, or Edwardian twist, all that they'd done, these girls, was cut out some pictures from a best-selling children's book. Which you should be quite easy to identify, shouldn't it? Let's be honest. Yes. Backed onto cardboards, they stood upon their own. No one noticed the exact same fairies were in the bedroom of every single middle-class child in the country. (laughs) Presumably, of course, they wouldn't, because going into the bedroom and reading to little Cuthbert or Reginald was the nanny's job. Yeah. Whereas it was the parents' job to go and learn at lectures of the Theosophical Society. Did any of these fairies look remarkably like Noddy or Big Ears? The gnome did. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one of the one of the repeated arguments of the sceptics, of which there were several about these hoaxes, was that um, in every photo they appeared to have the latest <laughs> the latest hairstyles and Parisian fashions on, <laughs> which of course they would have done in a recently published book. But the pictures spread like wildfire through the UK. Copies were sold at lectures which were done nationwide, and articles appeared in newspapers and magazines. They even fell into the hands of one Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, Ah. a keen follower of the occult, a spiritualist, and the art of magic, as you might imagine writing Sherlock Holmes, as he obviously did. And he used them to illustrate an article he was writing on fairies for the Christmas 1917 edition of the Strand magazine. Have a banana! Sorry. Where did that come from? 
Let's all buy the strand, have a banana. Oh, is that one of the lyrics to that song? Yeah. I didn't even realise that have a banana was a real song. Yeah. I, I thought it was just a, a mock cockney song that people sung to mock oh. cockneys. Yeah, well, I, uh, I, I've got cockney grandparents, Sam. Ah. Yeah, cockneys. They used to sing to, uh, my granddad used to sing to Chaz and Dave. <laughs> Did he? Rabbit, 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 rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> Did Chaz and Dave say, stop it? <laughs> That's our song. We've heard it for years. Yeah. And leave us alone to play darts. <laughs> Did he used to sing you to sleep with a rabbit, rabbit, rabbit? <laughs> what are some of the other Chaz and Dave songs? Um, badger, badger, badger. <laughs> <laughs> bowl, bowl, bowl. Ow, ow, ow. <laughs> really, the whole gamut of a of a small regional wildlife park. <laughs> oh, depressed tiger, depressed tiger, depressed tiger. People also ask: Are both Chaz and Dave dead? <laughs> I think they are, aren't they? Uh, yeah, but not really very funny talking about someone's esophageal cancer. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> to edit that out, yes, they are. <laughs> so by this point, even Elsie's dad was willing to be convinced, the man who was originally sceptical and thought that someone had hidden, hidden a gnome in his camera, and gave permission <laughs> to Conan Doyle to reproduce the photos. However, a man of integrity and a stiff upper lip, he refused to take money for them, Tom, save the discovery be, quote, soiled by money. Mm. I don't believe these pictures are real. I think they are cardboard cutouts. <laughs> Indeed, they are cardboard cutouts. But I refuse to take payment for them on the principle that if they are real, I don't want to be the person charging for the revelation of a century. Maybe, maybe someone had just soiled on the on the currency, had soiled on the notes. Uh, maybe, maybe. Well, they, yes, or or shat all over the discovery. Yes. <laughs> Not everyone was convinced, though, as I as I've alluded to. Sir Arthur and Edward Gardner, one of the leading members of the uh, Theosophists wanted to get the photos authenticated professionally and sent them off to Kodak, who came back acknowledging that, yes, the Kojak. photos... Kodak! They sent them off to Kodak! As I know, a Kodiak, just a random bear. <laughs> what am I supposed to do with these? <laughs> <laughs> That's Fred Flintstone. Clearly Fred Flintstone. <laughs> these ain't no photos of fairies. These are fakes. <laughs> and I've looked at them in great detail. I'm a nit, I'm a nitpicking kind of bear. <laughs> you can tell they're photoshopped because of the pixels. <laughs> Wake up, sheeples! Nine Eleven's a conspiracy theory. <laughs> so yes, not everyone was convinced, and uh, and the photos were sent off to Kodak, who came back acknowledging that actually yes, they were real, but that their contents couldn't be confirmed as living beings, so they refused to authenticate them as a result. Another photo came from... <laughs> Again, another that makes photo. no sense. Well, they said they, they acknowledged that, yes, these were real photos, but we can't say that those are living fairies in them. <laughs> said the largest photography company in the world. We can't... OK. Uh, another photo company of the time, Ilford's, was brought in and declared that the photos were, in fact, definitely fakes. Although, apparently, Arthur Conan Doyle and uh, Edward Gardner were listening in and overheard one of the technicians saying that they couldn't possibly be real because fairies don't exist. And so when they published the results, they actually announced that the company had found that they were real. Um, <laughs> but they just couldn't believe their eyes. What? How did... What? Yeah, so the technicians who were analysing the photos said these can't be real because fairies aren't real. To which the people who believed in fairies said, Aha, that simply means that you don't believe what you're seeing because it's so amazing and therefore true. Ah, there's a logic there. There is a logic. I think. <laughs> a twisted logic. Almost as if some people have books and newspaper articles on the subject to sell. Yeah. 
as they did. And they even took the photos to an early physicist called Sir Oliver Lodge, who said they were clearly fake. Again, as, as I've alluded to, partly because the fairies had their hair done up in the latest Parisian fashions. Uh. And these sceptics have a point, because that would be impossible, Tom. You can believe in fairies, you can believe in magic, but you cannot possibly believe that the fairies would know about the latest fashions in Paris, or indeed be able to fashion a modern haircut using the rudimentary tools and hair products available in a muddy riverbank <laughs> at the back of a Bradford garden. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> Demolished with logic. In fact, Lodge, the physicist, believed that they were actually dancers and it was just a, a trick of perspective, which is far, far more involved and intelligent than the actual hoax, which was just someone had cut out a picture of a fucking fairy. I know, for crying out loud. I know. Bizarrely, no one thought to try and photograph the fairies themselves <laughs> until 1920, when Gardner gave the girls a camera each with specially marked photographic plates, uh, which was specially designed to, to show up any tampering. But of course he gave them back to the two girls who had originated the hoax. Uh, by now Elsie was 18 or 19 and Francis was 11 and he also interviewed the still sceptical dad who insisted that he'd been through their drawers and found nothing incriminating. Just an odd vibrating sausage and a load of old editions of Firefighter Weekly underneath Elsie's socks. <laughs> Which is why I had to point out that by now she was 18 or 19. And... <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking that was close. That was close. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and he also found a copy of the photo of the garden gnome signed by some guy called Priapus with a phone number on it. <laughs> Unfortunately, the fairies uh, were very shy on the day and refused to come out with everyone watching. And so all of the grown-ups went out to tea and left the girls to it. And sure enough, here were some more fairies captured in beautiful detail in the photos, dancing and skipping and sitting on branches whilst the girls looked on in wonder. Gardner was thrilled. He'd got two separate examples of fairies being photographed and sent a telegram to Conan Doyle, who wrote back, quote, My heart was gladdened when out here in far Australia I had your note and the three wonderful pictures which are confirmatory of our published results. When our fairies are admitted, other psychic phenomena will find a more ready acceptance. We have had continued messages at seances for some time that a visible sign was coming through. <laughs> Which is very much a case of bullshits perpetuating bullshit. <laughs> well, the medium told me that we would find fairies. <laughs> the medium told me something unusual would happen. Yes, the medium told me I was in for a surprise. Actually, now that I remember it, no, the medium said that something was going to happen. Yes. Now, now that I remember it, the seance said... They said, an event is on the horizon. <laughs> yes, that's what they said. I remember now. <laughs> yes. They said, be prepared to be surprised. <laughs> and, you know, just that morning I asked for kippers for breakfast. And what did I get? So I got a sausage. <laughs> it's a miracle, Tom. It's a bloody miracle. <laughs> of course, Conan Doyle wrote up the findings in an article which quickly sold out worldwide, becoming an international sensation. He signed off the piece with the words, the recognition of their existence will jolt the material 20th century mind out of its heavy ruts in the mud and will make it admit that there is a glamour and a mystery to life. Having discovered this, the world will not find it so difficult to accept that spiritual message supported by physical facts which have already been put before it. Uh, Skeptics noted once again, Tom, that the fairies were very fashionably dressed in the latest 1920 Parisian fashions. <laughs> Interest in these fairies slowly died out uh, over the course of the 1920s, but in the 1960s and 70s, the cousins admitted in a newspaper interview that at least some of the photos were faked. But not all. 
or at least not entirely, because Elsie told the BBC in 1971 that they're photographs of figments of our imagination, and that's what I'm sticking to. What? So there you no, go, Tom. <laughs> no. Photographs aren't a figment of your imagination. Something you imagined is a figment of your imagination. Something that you cut out of a magazine and <laughs> readily allowed to be uh, published and disseminated as an original is just a hoax. It's just, it is a hoax. Yeah. So there you go, Tom. Some of the greatest faked pictures of the 20th century, the Cottingley Fairies. The Cottaging Fairies, fantastic. The Cottaging Fairies. I had heard of them, but I didn't know the story. They're quite well known, I think, yeah. in, in Britain, but I don't think they're particularly well known elsewhere. And I've just had a look at... I've, I've been on Google having a look a look at the pictures of them, and they're, they're, they're awful. They are pretty bad, yeah. They're not very convincing. No, I, I, most of us would spot it. But they are in the uh, some of the original pictures. Well, actually, the original pictures sell for thousands of pounds, and some of the originals are... And the original camera and some cutouts from the book are in a science museum in in Bradford today. What? So you can actually go and see the originals. What a load of shite. What a load of shit. What a load of feckin' shite. Well, from your piece of mythological mumbo-jumbo to my piece of semi-mythological mumbo-jumbo, which is my medieval <laughs> Mappamundi. Oh, I love a Mappamundi. I love a, a Mappamundi. And I got a sat-nav on Tuesday, went for a drive on Wednesday, got horribly lost on Thursday and Friday and Saturday. Just chilled on Sunday. Chambon! Forced. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Good, nice, nice Craig David. Craig David <laughs> joke there. Yes, so Map of Monday, and it just means, it's just Latin for Map of the World. Yes. And uh, they are excellent. I really do like Map of Monday. They're very, very good. There are over a thousand Map of Monday, but the vast majority... For a thousand different worlds? No, no, no. A, a thousand different maps of our world. A new fantastic point of view. A whole new world. <laughs> From some monks' bizarre dreams. <laughs> People with only one leg. A dragon's egg. And a very, very rudimentary understanding of the Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> very good. <laughs> most, yeah, most of these Mappamundi are very small, very simple, and a part of larger manuscripts. However, there are a small number of much more fun maps classified as complex Mappamundi or great Mappamundi. And these are the goodies. And some of them are huge. The Ebstorf map was 3.6 metres in diameter and was wow. made out of 30 goat skins sewn together. Thirty goats still skins. with the heads attached. Still, still with the goats attached. <laughs> yeah, just drawn on thirty goats, <laughs> hung um, <laughs> by their horns. It was created in around the middle of the thirteenth century. And uh, now you may have noticed that I've been using the past tense. That's because, and I'd like your help with this, Sam. Go on. Please, then. could you hum the Dam Busters song, please? Oh, now I always get confused between the Dambusters and 633 Squadron. It's... Uh, ba, ba, ba. It. 1943, Bomber Command unleashes the might of the RAF on the German city of Hanover. Hanover, in a geographically strategic location and the Third Reich's fifth largest industrial centre, was producing guns, vehicles and rubber parts. And we all know how much the Germans love their rubber parts. 
In total, 6,000 civilians are killed and over 90% of the city centre is destroyed. 900,000 incendiary bombs are dropped and the place was basically given a right royal fucking over. God save the king. <laughs> Britain, Britain, Britain. Very proud moment. That yes. was Sam describing the bombing of Hanover. Brought a tear to my eye, Tom. <laughs> a patriotic tear to my eye. And then these bombing raids... The boss raids, don't like it up, do they? <laughs> no. In these bombing raids, the Ebstorf map was destroyed, but luckily it has been reproduced using old photos of the map and... <laughs> and 30 unwilling goats. <laughs> 30 unwilling goats, by the way. Episode title. <laughs> also good, I think, American punk rock band name. Oh, yeah. I like that. Anyway... Let me describe this wonderful map, the Ebstorf map. It's centred on Jerusalem because Jerusalem is so goddamn important. And no, that wasn't blasphemy because it's true. The first... It is. Yeah. And why is Jerusalem so important? Well, the first Hebrew temple was built there by Solomon in 950 BC. Abraham almost sacrificed his son to God in Jerusalem. No, mate, I'm, all, I'm only having a laugh, Abraham. You take things oh, too seriously. Sake, you take everything so fucking seriously. <laughs> you should have seen Jesus, your face. man. Chill out! Oh, God! You should have seen your face. Jesus lived in Jerusalem and washed people's feet and all that jazz. So he was crucified and resurrected there too. In Islam, Muhammad apparently ascended to heaven in Jerusalem with Paige, Plant, Bonham and Jones watching on, playing a tune. Interestingly, Muhammad originally had Muslims praying facing Jerusalem, not Mecca. There you go. Yes, yeah. Uh, so Jerusalem, very important place. But does it have a Nando's, Tom? It's got one, two, three, four, five. Nando's number five. Nice. That worked out better than I was hoping. Um, the map is also ori- <laughs> orientated with the east at the top. And it's only recently that maps have been almost universally orientated with the north at the top. Excellent. I mean, you could just have turned the map 90 degrees clockwise. <laughs> no, because then all the writing would be slanted. <laughs> Damn, you got me. Yeah, yeah. So the North has only been at the top more, more recently, and this is because the North was thought of as a rather miserable place where darkness comes from, and Scottish people, and Geoffrey Poycott, yes. and Geordie Shaw. <laughs> and now, me. <laughs> Meanwhile, the West was where the sun disappeared, and the hopes and dreams of Africans disappeared, and where the rising yes. line on BMI charts disappeared. And where <laughs> on Black Friday people's pride disappeared and people's passports disappeared and where coronavirus reappeared and reappeared <laughs> and reappeared again. But a little less west you get Cornish pasties, which are quite nice. <laughs> <laughs> they are very nice. Quite easy to make as well. That's actually uh, a good idea, Sam. I might put that on my meal list for next week. Ooh, nice. Ooh, and uh, where was that? The east, however, is where the sun rises where Jesus is to return from, where Eden lies and where people eat undercooked bats. Although it's worth pointing out <laughs> that Europe has been repeatedly ravaged by nomadic people from the Eurasian steppes. So, not all good. But then, on the flip side, the further west has been repeatedly ravaged by Eurasians, and <laughs> as has the south. They just, yeah, you just... And indeed, going all the way around, parts of the east again. <laughs> <laughs> At the top of this map of Monday, and we're still talking about the Ebstorf one, we have Jesus' face looking remarkably like a teething, <laughs> transitioning Jennifer Aniston. And I'd like you to look it up, Sam. How do I spell Ebsdorf? E-B-S-T-O-R-F. 
Oh, you're not wrong, are you? Ah, it's an interesting face. Oh, Jesus. He looks like a got... slightly boss eyed character from South Park. <laughs> That's true. Also, you appear to have a pug with the tree trunk for a body, a mullet octopus hybrid, a man being sexually assaulted by geese, <laughs> a Stop naked doing my mole bit rat me. with. <laughs> With a bow and arrow. Sorry, am I stealing your thunder? Hold off, hold off. I'm done. But it's a testament to medieval doodling. It's, it's wonderful, isn't it? It's a, I'm just getting up in front of me now. I'll get the map as well. <laughs> hey. <coughs> yeah, so uh, very strange looking Jesus. To the far left and right, we have his hands. And at the bottom, we have his feet totally separated from his body. And in the middle, in London, the centre of the world, we have his scrotum. <laughs> No, Jerusalem's the centre of the world. Sorry, Jerusalem. Jerusalem is Jesus's bollocks. Which right, means got it. his tinkle is somewhere in Egypt. His tinkle is the temple. <laughs> his tinkle is the, the great pyramids of Pisa. <laughs> I think I've mixed up a few famous landmarks there. So Jesus's winkle is is unfortunately not at the centre, but he does look very much like. Violet Bogard from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory when she turns into a blueberry. Just a little bit, yeah. Yeah, it's got that yeah. whole look about it. All complex medieval mapamundi were not for travel purposes. They were not supposed to help someone get from A to B, which is good considering... No, you can't usefully take a 3.6-metre <laughs> map made of 30 goats can you. Stop with, can you stop stealing my jokes? So sorry, sorry. <laughs> I've glossed over the fact that you stole about three already. Oh, okay. but you need to let me know when I'm stealing them and I'll edit it out and stop. Quite all right. It, it gives it gives it flow. I don't mind. Um, <laughs> they were not su- like the Nile flowing from flowing from Jesus's winkle, <laughs> and his bell end appears to be at the fourth cataract. Um, <laughs> they were not supposed to help someone get from A to B. These maps they were pictorial encyclopedias, visual guides to everything people knew about the world, which wasn't very much. So. They include snippets from classical stories and also classical geographical nonsense and biblical references. So, for example, when looking at a high-definition version of the map, as you now know, they're quite easy to access, so everyone could go and have a look if they truly want to. I found Noah waving cordially from his ark. I I found Adam and Eve having an apple in the nip. I found the phoenix rising from the flames, and that's classical mythology there. And I found some naked cannibals eating someone who was lying on the floor with no hands or feet, saying, you're a bunch of fine young cannibals. It drives me crazy. (laughs) The way you eat my liver. (laughs) Meanwhile, above this... (laughs) And and you found Wally hiding behind an ice cream parlour. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, Waldo. Waldo, tucking in, yeah, tucking into a... (laughs) Tucking into a person. Waving. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, above the scene, there is a man with very large ears who looks like he's saying, "Pass me the salt, would you, Camilla?" So yeah, very, very funny things to it to enjoy looking around. And it is a pity there isn't a Waldo. That would be very, very good. <laughs> and a Wenda. And oh yes, uh, I forgot about I forgot about Wenda. Sorry. Yes. And the wizard, wizard white beard. And who's the baddie? Oddlaw. God, that's good. Where's Wally slash Waldo knowledge? I've got them right next to me. Uh, Have you? Yeah, I'll read them to my boys. Uh, they're very, very good. Are they actual stories? Are they ones with stories? No, they haven't got stories, but they've just got lots of uh, very funny visual puns. So, Oh, I see. So Kids yes, won't get yeah. them, but you will. Now, as we have moved on to discussing silly things on Mundi, 
I would like to move on to the Hereford Map of Mundi, the largest map of Mundi in existence since the Ebsdorf map was destroyed. It's approximately 1.5 metres in diameter, made of vellum, which is calfskin, and around 700 years old. This map narrowly avoided being destroyed. Also, it was hidden during the interregnum. Oh no, not bloody Cromwell again. Uh, <laughs> he's come up a lot in the last few episodes, hasn't he? He has. Under the floorboards of a chantry, and during the Second World War, it was stored elsewhere in case the city was bombed, which it was on one occasion, killing two people, because there was a big munitions factory in Hereford. In fact, more damage, though, was done to the munitions factory as a result of an accident in 1944, where a 910 kilogram bomb accidentally went off, triggering others. As it would, yeah. Yes, as you'd expect it would. And I was just imagining a Beano. Um, a comic strip in the background, the bomb factory just going up. Probably not quite as comic to those who died in the incident, but anyway. No. Uh, the Hereford map of Monday. <laughs> Hereford and Worcester. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Geographical joke. A Hereford map of Monday, like the Ebsdorf map of Monday, has the east at the top with Jesus, this time looking a bit like a, a diva drag queen. Hi, my name's Chrissy, Chrissy Fiction. Hi, my name's Erection. <laughs> Rezo Erection. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I went looking for famous drag queen names. There's one that comes at the top of all lists, which is Karen from <laughs> Karen from Finance. <laughs> Apparently there's a famous drag queen. Karen from Finance. Brilliant. Nice. <laughs> Again, there are lots of classical references, such as the Pillars of Hercules, thought to be the Straits of Gibraltar. There's a picture of the Golden Fleece from Jason and the Argonauts. We've got the Labyrinth of Knossos, a story known for its bullshit from way back. Nobody ever swept that place. Inst- <laughs> That's a good one, isn't it? Isn't that a good one? Nice. No, it's- like Incidentally, what is the difference between a maze and a labyrinth? Is And it's not a joke. Here's a question for you. A labyrinth is enclosed? A maze has many different options to choose from, whereas a labyrinth is one long winding route. Oh, no, you're right, yes. Yeah, from A to B. Then we get the silly billies. We've got a man with four eyes. Is this someone wearing glasses? No, it is. They do genuinely have four eyes. If they were wearing glasses, they'd have eight. That, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, some blemier. Matt so bitches. people with no heads and faces in their chests. Skyopods, people with one leg that they used to use to shade themselves from the sun. I say that like it ever happened. <laughs> Griffins. You know, <laughs> like back in the day. You know, when all these newfangled parasols came out. Yeah. And caps, you know. Yes. People used to lie on the floor with their Before giant the leg. Of hats, you just had to use your one giant foot. <laughs> Where would the big toe Kids be? Kids these days, so soft. I mean, that's the question nobody's ever answered. Where would your big toe be if you only had one leg? Where would your knackers be? Where would your bum hole be? Just spread equidistantly around the outside like the numbers on a clock face. <laughs> what time is it? Five past knacker. So you just you just shit like a fountain? Is that what you're saying? No, 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 no. No, the shit only comes out from one... So, so at one o'clock, you've got your left testicle. Two o'clock, you've got your willy. Three o'clock, around the circumference of your, of, of your, your leg buttock, you have... <laughs> you've got right knacker. Next, you've got the perineum. <laughs> At five o'clock, you've got your left bum cheek. Six o'clock, you've got the hole. How have you got Seven a left bum right cheek when you've only got one leg? You've got two bum cheeks around your, your central leg. <laughs> have anything you want. 
I didn't make the rules, Tom. I'm just telling you about them. (laughs) Two two butt cheeks, one leg. Eight o'clock, you've got a small supplementary hand, which is very useful for holding trinkets. (laughs) (laughs) Keeping your trousers up. Yep. (laughs) Oh, dear. Very good. Nine o'clock, you've got a useful drawer for phone chargers and uh, (laughs) half-used rechargeable batteries. (laughs) Headphones, yeah, all sorts of stuff like that, yeah. Elastic bands, yeah. (laughs) Very good, very good. Uh, Yeah, so so there were people with one leg, that's also on this map of Monday. Uh, Griffins, unicorns, centaurs, one-eyed people and mermaids. Maids? Made of (laughs) mer. Yes, and then there were franken-maids and gold-maids. No, you can... Frankensteins, which are large beer mugs. (laughs) Made of frankincense. (laughs) What I found out in my research is there be dragons, which is a, fa- a reasonably well-known phrase, isn't it? Yes. That's from Latin, and that is from maps from the early exploration period when people didn't know what yeah. was in some corner of the of the maps. They would just put in Latin, there be dragons, and they would draw a dragon. Yes. Brilliant. Uh, there be stink bugs, draw a stink bug. There be dicks, draw a cock. <laughs> there be Waldo. Proven- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You can prove anything with crayons, Tom. That would ruin it, though, wouldn't it? There be Waldo. <laughs> yeah, oh! well, that's, yeah, that's spoiled the game, hasn't it? <laughs> what I particularly like uh, on this map of Monday is that the city Hereford is represented and the picture of the town has been worn down by the countless number of pilgrims touching the image with their fingers, saying, This is where we live. And it's a, oh, is it? Oh, we are, there we are. It's a lovely indication of um, one of the purposes of the map, which would have been simply to attract tourists, pilgrims to the area. <laughs> Come and experience the map of 30 goats. <laughs> the map of stupidity. <laughs> Maybe this was just a thing. Maybe you just had to, everyone who came was allowed to draw something from where they came from. <laughs> That's just a guest book. It was the local primary school art project. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's done a pastor Jesus. <laughs> It looks a bit like a sperm. As Europeans started to explore the world, they required maps to serve a more practical purpose, so accurate cartography developed to help people navigate. This process was helped by the rediscovery of more advanced classical works like Ptolemy's Geographia, which uh, used coordinates. Interestingly, as a final point, these medieval map of Monday were probably strongly influenced by an now lost map put together for Emperor Augustus by close friend and ally Agrippa. Mm, Agrippa. The boat banger. Uh, well, and the guy with the massive forearms. Um, so Agrippa, <laughs> amongst other things, hey. was responsible for lots of urban redevelopment in Rome, you know, turning rough industrial areas into fashionable high-density living areas with lots of bars, restaurants, cafes, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> he actually had the Pantheon built. And do you know how we know this? Because he put his name on it. <laughs> yeah, because it says, Agrippa! And fuck off great letters above the entrance. <laughs> yep. So Agrippa had a map of the world engraved in marble and displayed in a public place uh, in Rome, the Porticus Vipantia. And uh, <laughs> ripped Pantia. <laughs> Where everyone does their lunges in tight pants. Yes. Ripped Pantia. And eats an excess of cabbage and other brassicas. <laughs> Sounds like a shit fantasy land. <laughs> Actually, it, sounds, it sounds like a fantasy land from a gay porno. <laughs> <laughs> Game of bones. <laughs> hey. <laughs> the, map, the map is thought to have been... Oh, sorry, that, that deserves more time. Sorry, Sam, I'll let you have a go. <laughs> no, 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 we've, we've did it. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> we can move on. 
Well, there's Yogi Bear come back again. The, the Donacles of Narnia. <laughs> this, uh, yeah, so this map, this map is thought to have been, it's thought to have heavily influenced the later Mappa Mundi, but with one slight difference. The um, I imagine it was a damn sight better. <laughs> is that did you say it was a knob on it? No, the knobbit. <laughs> oh, imagine wanking, a gripper wanking, crikey. Oh, Jesus. I imagine this map was a damn sight better. Remember, we're talking about pre-Renaissance medieval Europe compared with early Imperial Rome. Incidentally, if anyone wants to view these awesome maps, I've mentioned before there are lots of high-definition uh, pictures on, of them online and a few interactive websites too. There you go, Mappa Mundi. Very nice. A bit of abrupt end, wouldn't it? Yeah, I was, I was, I, I, yes. I thought it was the ad break. <laughs> that, was, that was very interesting. That was very interesting. We'll try and find some pictures as well for social media. I always forget that we have social media accounts, which are uh, That Was Genius Podcast on Facebook, That Underscore Was Underscore Genius on Twitter, and That Was Genius on Instagram, where you can almost certainly not see photos of Mappa Mundi because I'll forget to put them up. <laughs> That was really interesting, Tom. Well done, you. Thank you very much. I also came up with another suggestion that we should bank. Another topic oh, suggestion. Puzzles. Oh, hello. Hello. How's your father? What's your name? Barry, from the bottom of the garden. No, let's not go back to the Poddington Peas, shall we? <laughs> well, we're going to have to post that now, aren't we? Poddington Peas might be American. No, no, no. Oh, no, British animated series. Yeah, no, Americans don't call peas peas. What do they call peas? Green corn. Fuck off. <laughs> I completely made that up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there is Creep P. He was a creepy looking mischievous, mischievous P. There was <laughs> Dumpy. With a name P. like that, what choice do you have? <laughs> uh, there was Dumpy. Glock yeah, oh, P. Yeah, no, I remember Dumpy was, the, Dumpy was the fat one, wasn't it? Yeah, PC plot, PC pod. Right, see what we did there? <laughs> PC gone mad. He was the racist one. <laughs> I think TP was probably probably the politically incorrect one also. That was the Native American one. Yeah. We McP was the Scottish one. We had a ginger moustache. <laughs> um, Marvellous. 1989, original release, Poddington Peas. That makes me feel really well, old. Apparently now, tried to now I know how old feels. 1992, they piloted in the US, but it uh, didn't, didn't go ahead. Because the Poddington Greencorns... <laughs> Just sounds like a terrible football team. The Paddington Greencorns. <laughs> Go Greencorns. Starring all your favourite past it European football stars in their 40s. <laughs> it's Bobby Charlton. <laughs> <laughs> and Jimmy Greaves has got the ball. He's passing it to Stanley Matthews. Oh, this is a yeah, niche joke that's gone beyond even my limited understanding. <laughs> oh, surely you know who Jimmy Greaves and Stanley Matthews are. Footballers. <laughs> anyway, football chat. Hey, we've already we've already got a topic for next week, don't we? What's that then? It's the navy. Ah, <laughs> oh, you can sail the seven seas because the YMCA yes. haven't turned up. <laughs> the village people yes. haven't turned up in enough podcast episodes recently. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the Navy. Okay, so the next week is the yes, Navy. Yes, battleships or the Navy, yeah. Okay, good good work. Yes, and that's a public episode, so you can all see that. That's one for you exclusive patron types and for the proles. For the plebs. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yes, join... The great unwashed. <laughs> oh, they certainly are, just much like me. Well, yeah, well, they, they're not all, they're not part members of the Order of the Bath. They haven't got access to the finest cleaning arena 
known to man. No, they're literally quite literally the great unwashed. Mm. Hold your noses and dive in with us next time as we wallow in the filth of uh, public availability for an episode all about <laughs> the Navy. Once again, hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have, just let, let us know. Uh, I've already given out the social addresses, but we've got an email address too, which is thatwasgeniuscast at gmail.com. Get in touch with any suggestions, hints, tips, whatever you like. Let us know what you're up to. And uh, yes, we will see you next week. Say goodbye, Tom. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye now.